What's up, y'all? Bud Elliott back here again on the Nolcast. Just wrapped the thoughts on Mike Norvell's new contract. And now I'm going to talk about what FSU needs to do defensive recruiting-wise this year, both transfer and portal. So if you see me look over here quite a bit, I've got a little chart that I am referencing. I don't want to actually share that because it's proprietary. But, you know, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get into this. Sponsors, as always, Tarpon Sellers, Charlie Park, Legendary Home Loans, and Congruity, who I, whose shirt I'm wearing today. Uh, I think I have shirts from all of our sponsors now. I, I know Chad and Shannon sent me one. Uh, got a Charlie Park and a, obviously Madison Social. I definitely have some Tarpon Sellers gear. Y'all have seen me rock the hat before. So, all right, this one will probably be a 20 or 30-minute episode, and let's check it out. So, Florida State's defense... Recruiting-wise, has been okay in, in recent years, but not not great. Uh, they've done a much better job in the portal, I think, overall, than they have at the high school level. But they have some decent wins at the high school level. So I'm just going to go position by position, look at who they're going to lose, who they'll bring back, what I think at this point you need to do from the portal, and what I think at this point you need to do at the high school level. So I'm going to start with defensive line. Defensive line to me is basically anybody who's going to be playing with their hand in the dirt more. Sort of your five techniques in. So, like, you know, maybe some six guys, but but not dudes who are playing like, you know, seven wide nine stuff, stand up, hybrid edges, that, that, that type of stuff. I have listed as edges. So, all right. Feeling pretty good about this group this year because you got Dennis Briggs, who's an interesting swing dude. You get Braden Fisk, you get Fabian Lovett. Malcolm Ray, Daryl Jackson, assuming the waiver gets gets done. Josh Farmer, Daniel Lyons, Bishop Thomas, uh, Tafasi, Tay Woody, and you're enrolling uh, Keith Sampson, who was your four-star commit out of North Carolina. The guys that I think you're going to lose off this, this group for sure are Briggs, Fisk, and Lovett. I, I would be extremely surprised if any of them come back. So already you're down from 11 to 8. If Daryl Jackson gets the waiver, I, maybe this is crazy talk, but it would not shock me if he's a one-year player for you. And I, I know people at Miami who think the same, like think that he's good enough to, if he gets the waiver, to start and be one of your best defensive players. So that's pretty high praise. Of course, that's coming from people who are actually connected with the Miami program, not just randos on Twitter uh, from you know the Hurricanes program. So. I think if you're Derek Ray, you have to plan to lose those four guys, Briggs, Fisk, Lovett, and Daryl Jackson. So then your room is interesting for 2024. Malcolm Ray, you assume, would be back. Josh Farmer, same thing. Daniel Lyons, who I know they have high hopes for. Bishop Thomas is, is sort of a we'll see. I mean, a, a guy that at the time we said it was a bit of a roulette chip and maybe he hits, maybe he doesn't. Uh, you know, Tafasi, I think, is is kind of a long-term project, but one who does have some upside. Uh, Tay Woody, as well, is, is a guy that I think is really nice upside long-term if Odell Higgins develops him, which I think recent years he's done a nice job uh, and obviously has a pretty nice track record long-term as well. Keith Sampson, again, is a dude who, if he's what you think he is and what the staff was excited to get, you got to be thinking he's helping you out in year two, being 2024. Still, uh, I don't know if you have a, somebody I can point to right now and say, 
that's a surefire NFL guy coming back in 2024. The odds say that at least one of those guys will be a draft pick eventually, but at this point, it's not concerning, but it's not heart like it's, it's not reassuring to sit here and think, I don't know if any of those guys are no doubt NFL at this point. Maybe they are, but I, I'm I'm not sure about that. For that reason, I don't think it's outrageous to take a transfer uh, here on the interior defensive line for next year. And I think you probably should, uh, most likely. Even if, if Jackson comes back, a transfer is still not the worst idea to kind of keep the room churned. But if you end up getting more guys hit this year, and I think it's possible that they might, because you should be in a good number of blowouts. You should get your starters out early. Obviously, some of your players that we're going to talk about today had some concerns about you know, how much hitting they did in practice last year at times. And, and I, I think they'll probably look to do some load management NBA style this year, especially in, in games, to, to keep those legs fresh and, and keep those NFL prospects high. Uh, taking a transfer makes some sense, unless somebody really, really emerges during like the garbage time snaps and starts to dominate in practice. High school-wise, though, you definitely need to take a, a large contingent here, in my opinion. This is a spot where it is difficult, despite the small sample that is Florida State, to consistently grab impact defensive linemen in the transfer portal. It's cool to like be like, oh, look, there's Caleb Williams if you need a quarterback. Well, what happens in a year like this year where there's no Caleb Williams in the portal, where people are celebrating Sam Hartman, who's like maybe a draft pick, maybe not. For that reason, you need to take and and go with some of those high upside bets and some of those real monster defense, defensive linemen that uh, that I think you'll be in contention for. Those are some of the hardest fought recruitments ever. If you think back to like the Eddie Goldman or the Timmy Jernigan recruit, it's a fairly decent year in the state for this. So I think you got to be encouraged by that. But I think you need to take probably one portal guy, and I would say like three interior bodies. Probably so. Like getting four new bodies in this room, and, and that's that's at a minimum. I mean, if you found four high school bodies that you liked, I, I don't I don't hate the idea of that, especially if Jackson were to leave. And, and maybe you, I think you have to assume it. One of the guys out of like Ray Farmer, Lyons, Thomas Defossi, Woody Sampson. I mean, that's seven dudes I, I read off. You you think one of them won't transfer for playing time elsewhere? So you know, like there's gonna be room in this in this room room in this room that's that's good podcasting but there will be room in this room to fill and i think the Knowles, uh assuming they had to have a good season should be in a reasonably good spot to do so uh, jamori flag they already you know already have uh, mashburn as well the academy in a row day school kind of an interesting upside play there we'll see uh, how he continues to develop i think that's one to monitor all right now let's move to edge so you have nine dudes by my count in this room. It's sort of assuming that Dante Anderson is on scholarship. They took him as a walk-on. I don't know if that what exactly what the deal is there. I'll I'll try to figure that out. Anyway, it's it's not going to impact this because he's not draft eligible or you know next year anyway. So the only way he would leave would be to transfer. Uh, Jared Verse, McClendon, Jaden Jones, Gilbert Edmond are your four most senior guys. All those dudes technically have two years left to play, I'm fairly certain. Although I think Jaden Jones might have three left to play, three, depending on how the uh, the JUCO thing worked. 
if you are Derek Ray, you have to plan, not saying it's, it's a sure thing, but like your job is to plan for this. What does this room look like if Verse and Edmund both go pro, right? What, what if Edmund really plays to his size and kicks in the high gear? Verse obviously is not going to play yet another year. So that's sort of what you have to plan on right now. The room you would have coming back if that happens is McClendon, assuming he wants to play that COVID year, which I don't know, like he doesn't look like a, an NFL guy to me so far. Um, I'm hoping to be wrong on that. And if he if he comes and balls out, maybe he will make an NFL roster. Uh, or heck, if he really changes who he is as a player, maybe he gets drafted. You know, you've got a room coming back of McClendon and Jones, who we don't know what he's going to be coming off the injury. I mean, they liked him enough to stay with him. We'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll really get something there. Patrick Payton, who I think we all uh, believe has good upside. Byron Turner, who... I still believe in as a like a quality player, not like a you know top end all ACC type dude. But if he stays healthy, I think could be better for you. Dante Anderson again, okay. We'll, we'll see what he gives you. Productive in high school, measurables were, were not good, uh, so you know we'll, we'll see how he projects. Aaron Hester, again, a guy very productive in high school, not the best measurables, but you know, a dude I think you were happy to get at the time. And Lamont Green uh, as well, who very productive in high school. You know, we'll see how quickly he can tr- he can transition at this level. A, a good player, like somebody that I don't think is a bad take. This is where you miss Keldrick Falk. Now, you might tell me in the comments, Bud, you're an idiot. You have no idea if Keldrick Falk's going to be any good. It's very fair. I don't. I can make educated guesses on on these things, and and like based on what I know that goes into the ratings. Um, those guesses will be right much more often than they are wrong. And I have eyes and I can see the body types. And that is a body type in Falk that you don't have in this room among the underclassmen. It is vitally important that the Knowles actually land the top kids this year on their board at defensive end. They have to identify the right ones, the ones they can actually get, I understand the idea of finishing second place to Georgia is not always the worst thing in the world because you can get transfers out of there. Look, I mean, obviously when, when they got Jermaine Johnson, that was that was huge. But you do want to get guys if you believe in your developmental program and you believe in your player dev and your strength conditioning, you you do kind of want to get guys in your program and develop them into your system so you can get good evals on them. Uh, I mean, I I think you got to take three three edge rushers out of the high school level this year with, with the hopes that two can become good, impactful players for you, you know, cause like the last two years, the, the way they've recruited this position is, is not, uh, it's probably not good enough. Now they actually went after big targets, which to me is a notable uh, difference from the position we're about to talk about, but transfer wise, I think you're probably in the transfer market for one body here again in 2024 uh if you well depending on what edmund does if, if edmund doesn't then maybe not because then you have edmund peyton turner mcclendon and hopefully one of the young guys pops so maybe this room turns out to be just fine i do think the high upside kids though you need to do a better job this year of landing the impact defenders if you want to take that step 
And the step I'm talking about is not is is not that like step from, you know, what, what didn't get she was this year, like the 20th best team, I guess, B plus to like 25th. Fine. Let's call it 20th from like a, the number 20 team to like the number eight team or like the number six team in terms of like actual quality. I know the Knowles because of all the experience they have back are, are going to be rated really high in the preseason and not unjustifiably so, but I'm talking about not a one-off. If you're trying to build this thing to consistently get top results every year, you got to recruit the high school level a little bit better because the variance you're going to have in the portal is even if you think you're really, really good at portal, there's no doubt that FSU is both good at portal, but they're also running good. And that's kind of a poker term, but like if you run good, cool. Like, but is that how sustainable is that? I, I have some questions about that. Still, I think the combination of player dev and coaching on this team and scouting, it'll prevent a massive drop off most likely. But this is a spot where if you want to, if you want to make a difference, you want to take the next step. You've got to start getting some of these high impact pass rushers, like legitimate top 100 type kids that they're, they're fairly obvious, right? The guys with the real juice and the real length. All right. Um, linebacker. You got nine in your room right now. Deloach, Bethune, Brendan Gant, Dix, Lundy, Graham, Blake Nicholson, DeMarco Ward, Dylan Brown-Turner. You're going to lose Deloach, Bethune, and, and Gant after this season. So that's three you need. I don't think Dix can play at, at an FSU level anymore, personally. So I, I you really can't count him in your numbers. And I would say this is, if I had to guess, this is probably his last year on the roster. Uh, just because he would have been here four years. But that's that's a long time. Lundy is, uh, how do I say this? A useful player. But if you're going to where you want to go, okay, does DJ Lundy fit the bill of a starting linebacker in Tallahassee? On, on, on a team and the program, the level of which you want to get there. I don't know. In my opinion, I have questions about that. I'm not saying it can't happen. Guys do continue to improve. We you know, we shot cover three, uh, you know, today. And Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, was a guy who wasn't that great in high school. Was just huge and got to Oklahoma, and improved a little bit. Now in the NFL, he's like one of the better left tackles in the NFL. It's going to get paid huge. So guys do develop later in their, in their careers, sometimes, but that is kind of rare. And I mean, Lundy's been there for what, three years? This is his fourth year, I think, because he, he has the COVID year to play with. Unless I'm, uh, wait, 21, 22. No, I think, never mind. So so he, he has two more years left to play, excuse me. I think you sort of know what he is, although he improved some this last year. Is he somebody you want to start for you? You know, Omar Graham, I know they were relatively pleased with after his true freshman season. He still has a bunch of time to play. Blake Nicholson is is the the gem of the recruiting class, who uh, you know has tremendous athleticism, and somebody I think uh, who is probably going to be a really good player for you. Now, Demarco Ward and Dylan Brown Turner are Florida fans would probably call them Randy specials, meaning like lower rated kids that you didn't have to really fight for over programs that you're aspiring to beat on the field. And we'll see if they hit. The track record of those takes with the Gators was not good. Um, 
kind of similar at some other spots as well. So here's the thing. I think FSU is expanding their board at the end and is offering a lot of top prospect and trying to fight for them. I think the same thing is true at defensive tackle. And while it was a little bit slower, obviously Sertan just got on the job, you're seeing that as well at defensive back. I'm still very concerned overall about linebacker recruiting under Randy Shannon. I think I'm a Florida fan, or rather, screw the fan stuff. If I'm a coach on Florida staff or on Miami staff or on Georgia staff or Auburn staff, I think I'm absolutely thrilled that FSU is recruiting linebackers with Randy Shannon because I don't view him as legitimate recruiting competition personally. Just don't. I, I don't think he's on that level. Now, you get C.J. Hurd committed. I got to see him play. He's an interesting guy. I think he's sort of a Swiss Army Knife type dude where he can play in the slot some. Um, Top-end speed is a bit of a question. I think he can be like a like a big nickel or like a, a small, small backer, but probably more of the big nickel role, which is what you play a lot anyway. I mean, based on, on the teams that you play, you, you on your schedule, you need to have a variety of, of skills. Miami's going to want to be big bully ball. Like This is another reason, by the way, that you need to recruit DN and D-line better than you have because the kids Miami just signed, if they hit, are going to kick the crap out of the defensive lineman that you've been signing. If they hit, keyword, if they hit. But those kids that Miami just signed are really high-level kids on the offensive line. Now, they got to have coaching, which Chris Ball doesn't always have, and got to find an offensive coordinator, et cetera. But they are higher level kids than the defensive linemen that you've been signing through the high school ranks. You've got to have that improve. Same thing goes for linebacker. And you got to have guys who can play multiple different roles here because Florida and Miami are going to try to play more like big, heavy, smash mouth personnel, whereas Clemson is pretty wide open spread. When you play North Carolina, they're kind of similar, although we'll see what they do without Longo. Uh, and then you have some non conference games go- coming up that are um, are difficult if they get played in, in Georgia and Alabama. And obviously, you're trying to make it to the college football playoff. So you're going to need to um, to be able to game plan for a lot of different things. Right now, I, I don't like the overall talent of the 2024 linebacker room. I think you need to take per, at least one transfer linebacker next year. And I could see a situation where you end up needing to take two. And I think you need to take two linebackers this year as well. Um, opinions will change on this, certainly depending on on how some of the young guys look in camp. I mean, they got three. If if you find out all of a sudden that you actually kind of like Nicholson Ward and 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 Brown Turner as much as as you think you do, all right. Well, then maybe you don't need to take quite as many from the high school ranks. Uh, but I think right now it's probably one and two. Portal High School or two and one, uh, you know, Portal High School. Finally, here, and uh, let's check this out. Keem Dent, Renato Green, Jerry and Jones, I believe, will all exhaust their eligibility after the season. This is for defense backs. Duke Cooper, Fentrell Cypress, Travis J, Kevin Knowles, Greedy Vance Jr. Those are your top eligibility guys returning for twenty four. I'm going to set the over-under of those guys being on your roster in 24 at 
two and a half, I would say. So let's say out of the guys that I just read off, Dent Green Jones, three gone, and then two or three of these guys, Cooper Cypress, Jay, Knowles, Vance. So that's five or six bodies you have to replace. Shaheen Brown, safety, I think they're still pretty high on. AZ Thomas, obviously, still very high on. And then you get your, your young bodies in the room. Quindarius Jones, Kidja Kirkland, Jabril Rawls, Edwin Joseph, Conrad Hussey. Five dudes who have a variety of abilities. Um, I think it's fair to ask, like, if you had known, and I, again, I think Florida State does a really good job of scouting. I, I, I do. I generally agree with most of their offers. Nobody's going to agree with everybody, but I, I've done this for a long time. So have they. I think they do a nice job evaluating talent and, and being on a number of kids early. I think this is a good staff with that. If you had known how loaded the state is and the Southeast is with defensive backs this year, do you – do you take five? I don't know. Um, I think the argument is yes, because there's only two guys that have three years of eligibility remaining on this team in, in Brown and Thomas. You need to restock that room. And I think it's a fair argument to make. But at the same time, uh, I mean, I'm looking at this, man. I, I want to go get four or five DBs this year because I think there's some real studs out there. And, you know, I think you make room. I think you, you you find a way to make room. But that's going to be a crowded room a little bit. So we'll, we'll see how the attrition looks there. Do you need to go take a portal kid for, for 24? I think maybe you could, especially you know, like dense a starter. Jerry and Jones could start. Renardo almost certainly will start. We'll see if Cypress is a guy that goes pro. I mean, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. We'll see how he plays. You know, Travis J. We'll see what you get out of him. Cooper did of that. You know, Kevin Knowles is not not a pro at this point. Greedy Vance is not a pro at this point. Could be, could become one, but at this point, not projected as one. But who knows? If, if they go somewhere else, it's probably for playing time, and that means you got young guys behind him who developed pretty well. So anyway, I think you need to be pretty heavy high school-wise in this class. It's a nice year for defense in the state of Florida, less so for offense ultimately. And I'm I'm excited to see what this staff can do. Um, are, they, are they able to land the top fish on the defensive end spot? Can you get yourself the next – you know, Marvin Wilson, Eddie Goldman, Timmy Jernigan. And people are like, wait, why would you put Marvin Wilson with that? It, it That's not how this works, right? It's it's prospect quality, not eventual college player quality. On a prospect level, those, those guys are, are very similar. They don't all work out, but you have to understand that's sort of the baseline level that you're working off. All right, uh, fun show. And uh, I think we'll probably drop this one, who knows, tomorrow morning. So... I guess can't say tomorrow morning since we're not live uh, Friday morning. Sounds good. We will see you guys. Take care.